Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome back to Echo. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. Just a quick disclaimer, uh, we are recording Season 2 in uh, the College Jail Seventh-day Adventist Church, so if this is your first time tuning in, you might hear some construction noises, anything like that. Uh, just bear with us, please. It's just a part of the process. But um, I'm excited. Today I have uh, two great guests with us, um, both Isa and Chris. So uh, let's start with introductions. Uh, Isa, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I am Isa Tavares. I am a communication studies major here at Southern, and I really like cheese. Awesome. So do I. That's the Adventist <laughs> way, right? We don't eat meat, so we sure. just put cheese on everything. <laughs> uh, cheese and salt. Those are... <laughs> um, all right, Chris, what about you? Hi, I'm Chris Ovey, and I am the associate pastor at Chattanooga First Seventh-day Adventist Church, and my favorite author is Philip Yancey. Ooh, all right. I see you. That's a good one. Um, that is, that is a, he's a, he's a good author. I remember reading his books. <laughs> yeah, in, Jesus good. yeah. <laughs> fair. Um, I actually thought you were going to say Ellen White for a second okay. too. Uh, every time I talk to Avis pastor, that's, that's the answer. My favorite author, uh, or like, that's the way that we quote people now as pastors, yeah. right? That's the way we quote Ellen White. One of my favorite authors. Uh, author, that way we get away from, yeah, no, it's hilarious <laughs> to watch uh, the, the, the hoops we jump through. Um, but I understand why I, you know, but that's not the point of today's episode. Uh, <laughs> so before I stay on that soapbox, uh, today we're actually talking about something incredibly uh, serious. Um, and so I want to kind of set the tone in an as, as appropriate way as possible. So uh, for our listener, uh, this is to you right now. Uh, the three of us are potentially going to be sharing some really personal stuff, uh, and we understand that you might be wrestling with some shame and some guilt today and in your life. And so the first thing that I want you to know uh, as we talk about this is we are only sharing our experience, our experiences with it. Uh, so if there's anything you resonate with, hey, we're happy, we're glad that you uh, maybe don't feel so alone in that struggle, but we want you to know that you are loved, you are valuable, um, and you matter. And the second thing we want you to know is that uh, I think everyone experiences guilt and shame to some degree. Um, so I don't want you to think that we're attacking you or we're jumping on you at all. This is not, we are never going to say that experiencing those things uh, makes it means that there's something wrong with you. Uh, that's part of the human experience. So uh, as we talk today, just keep those things in mind uh, because, I, you know, I'm, I am excited about this conversation. Uh, I think we need to talk more about it and more intentionally about it. And so before uh, I launch into our actual discussion, I want to give two quick definitions for operating definitions for these two things. Uh, guilt is um, the the difference between guilt and shame is this. Guilt is there's something wrong with what I've done. Shame is there's something wrong with me. Though That's mainly the difference. We experience guilt after we've done something wrong. We experience shame when we believe that there's something in, internally uh, and integrally wrong with us. Um, and often those two things go hand in hand. Um, what I will say is, uh, because of the difference, sometimes guilt is actually a good thing, right? You should feel guilty when you do something wrong. Uh, but shame is never a good thing. Shaming someone into doing something is never a good thing. Shaming yourself is never a good thing. So, uh, And sometimes we can feel guilty for the wrong things. And so guilt can be good and bad. Shame is almost always bad. I've never seen an instance where shame uh, was a good thing. 
And uh, so let's let's talk about this. Um, what are when you hear guilt and shame? Uh, what are your initial thoughts on like when you hear those words? What do you think of? I think that guilt precedes shame. After a long time, feeling like you keep doing the same mistake over and over again, you start losing the the hope that you can stop doing that and you start believing that the problem's not actually on what you're doing the problem's with you mm. and you're incapable of stopping that yeah yeah okay i can see that and 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 i think there is room in guilt to understand why you might be doing something but under, but shame is the idea that um as you're expressing right now shame is the idea that there's something broken in me that can't be fixed so this is i'm going to keep doing this mm. uh that and there th- that that line is very fine um, but you've expressed it, I think, pretty well. So, um, those, and that's that's good. I, I I would definitely agree, Chris. What about you? Um, yeah, these are these are two difficult things, especially for um, if you grew up in a legalist, legalistic mm. home. Um, maybe you have an opposite problem if you grew up in more of a, a, a liberal, free home, but. What I'm what I'm interested personally in more is finding a way to get over the shame aspect and then also jump the hurdle of guilt because you because you said that it preceded it and so internally like because I mean I've struggled with many different things throughout my the entirety of my life I'm a, I have a very addictive per, a personality same here and so, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's sometimes a little too much yeah. trust me. Uh, a Clash Royale right thing thing right now is going crazy, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's it's yeah. How do we deal with it? And I am always drawn back to First uh, John one nine. You know, it's I'm already offering solutions. So no, that's totally fine. <laughs> this is, it's a it's a fro- it's a flowing conversation. Yeah, we'll be all over the place. Um, but yeah, I always just think of First John one nine. But then there's times when I even. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll use that verse and I'll confess before the Lord, but yet I still feel the guilt and the shame. Mm. So for Christians, how do we get this monkey off of our back, especially yeah. shame? Yeah, and and so for context, First John one nine, I, I believe that verse is you know if we confess our sins, yeah. and He is faithful and just to forgive, um, right? I'm correct yeah, on that, I right. think. Okay, so good. Uh, sometimes I'm terrible at memory verses, but <laughs> okay. uh, when you said the word confess, I was like, oh yeah, that one. Um, so uh, and and that's a, that's a, that is the question, right? How do we deal with with uh, the burdens that we're carrying? And uh, I think. Uh, for me, I'm gonna. I'll give an example from my own journey. It's actually something I'm wrestling with right now. Um, so when I was 17 and my dad passed away, uh, I never really had a chance to grieve because several things happened to me um, right after that. And um, yeah, I, I went to college. I had a whole lot of other tragedies happen in my family and in friendships that that same year. So I never really knew to take time to grieve. I never knew how to do that. I was 17. Like, what <laughs> What do I know? And what ended up happening um, is that grief uh, ended up manifesting itself in a very strange way. Uh, basically, what happened was in an effort to kind of uh, seize control of my grief, to say, like, you don't control me, I control you. Uh, what my friend, what I and, and friends would start doing was uh, making jokes about the situation. Uh, these were dad jokes, but not the kind of jokes that like people like. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and these jokes would make a lot of people uncomfortable. And you know, I, I regretted saying them a lot. 
Um, but it was, there were times where I knew they were inappropriate to make and, um, but I somehow couldn't stop myself from doing it. And it became a shame spiral is what it did. Mm. Um, the idea, not necessarily the jokes themselves, but I knew that I wasn't supposed to do it. I knew that they were coming out and I felt like I was powerless to stop them. And it was this, this downhill spiral of this is not okay. Um, I'm not okay. Um, I, you know, what's wrong with me? Why do I keep making others uncomfortable and, and putting them in the same position I am? Why do I, why do I keep doing this? Um, and one of the things, the solution for me, uh, was actually just straight up owning it. Um, this is, this is the truth that I know about shame. Uh, it exists and grows in the dark. And the only, the only solution that I have ever seen uh, to shame. I know we're only eight minutes in. Oh, well, the only solution that I have ever seen to shame is by bringing it out into the light. And that means presenting it to uh, someone that you trust, uh, which can be incredibly scary. Because if you feel that way about you, you don't want someone else to feel that way about you, or you don't want them to know uh, that that part of you is real. And so that's why I think uh, why I'm so thankful for uh, the Christian journey is because by definition, we're supposed to be in community with one another and uh, surrounding ourselves with people that we can be uh, fully transparent with. And I don't think that happens necessarily in a church setting. I think that I think our friends and our friendships become that church hmm. and our family becomes that church in many ways. And so uh, being able to own that and to say to someone like, look, this keeps happening. I don't know what's going on. And I feel terrible can you help me? Can you just sit with me uh, as I try and figure this out? That was uh, that was what stopped the spiral. And yeah, there were times where I still messed up uh, and still do, but they helped me climb back out of it. Uh, is uh, if your voice is the one that's telling you that there's something wrong with you, then you need another voice that's telling you there's something right with you. Um, and so uh, you have to go outside of yourself. Um, so that, that, that was kind of my experience. I don't know, uh, if you guys would be willing to share, it's totally cool if you don't want to. Um, <laughs> but if you want to, if you, uh, are willing to share a moment where you've had to wrestle with shame, um, I think, uh, there's a lot to learn in sharing each other's stories. So, uh, yeah, I'll, the floor's open. Hmm. Um, I, I, um, think that whenever I wrestle with regretting mistakes and things that I don't necessarily feel um, comfortable opening up about. The first thing that comes to my mind is usually that verse that talks about how God locks our sins in a in a box and then throws them in the ocean. Mm. And it just gives me so much peace because if God can do that and if he forgives me, I can I can give I can get to the point where I can forgive myself too. I think that always brings me a lot of comfort because we're harder on ourselves than God is, you know? Yeah. yeah. And um, just remembering that every time that I feel bad about doing something, about um, running away from accepting something, which is the first step of changing it. Like you said, the spiral stopped going when you owned up to it. And I think that's so important to have that person to talk to to something about and um this might sound kind of weird because the question is there something wrong with me sounds just terrible but when you think about it sometimes there is something wrong with you and accepting that is going to allow you to actually fix it Mm -hmm. so having someone to do what you said tell you um there is something right about you but 
you also have to accept there might be yeah. something wrong with you. So I think acceptance um, comes a lot into getting to the point where you can forgive yourself just like God did. Yeah, I think so. I think an example of that is the addictive personality that that Chris and I have mentioned uh, is the idea that yes, I understand there's something wrong with me. I have a tendency to do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding that 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 is a, a wrong part of me gives me the tools or, or gives me a direction to go to find the tools I need to uh, to deal with that part of me. Um, but understanding that um, I can conquer that that is I think the difference right is you see the things that are wrong with you as something that can be conquered through uh, a number of different means whether it is through community and through prayer and through Bible study and uh, through you know lifestyle changes and habit changes um, I, I you know I think that's incredibly important so uh, thank you Isa Chris what about you oh guilt that's a and shame that's a fun one um well, I feel it uh, quite often today, and it's usually, especially coming from the pastoral side of things, um, from missed opportunities mm. to to share my faith. Like the other day, I was walking out of the elevator at East Erlanger, the hospital down off Gun Barrel, and this guy was talking about death, and I think he, I forgot why he was there. He was there for something. I think one of his family members was dying of cancer. And he, t- he was just talking about how scared he was to, like, to face death. And I knew in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, I, this, I've grown up with this faith. I, I have this hope. This is the time to present. And then we got off the elevator, and he made a beeline for the cafeteria, and then I just walked right out the door. And mm. I felt like, even to this day, I'll be honest with you, I'm still feeling, like, a, the guilt from that. And um, so this is the human disease right now yeah, is guilt and shame. And I think, I mean, from reading the Bible, the way that you don't feel this is by not sinning. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Well, I mean, and, 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 and I think what guilt does is it motivates you uh, to not do that again, right? True. Like that's what mm-hmm. it does. So the fact that you're still feeling guilty about that missed opportunity may be the very motivation you need the next time. True. And perhaps the next time that that moment happens, uh, you know, it could be, it could be, and, and like this is just me being hypothetical here, it could be that that guy wouldn't have listened to you. But because of the guilt you feel from missing that opportunity, the next time the guilt you feel uh, drives you to have the conversation with someone else who would be receptive. And, and sometimes, like, I don't know how God works sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but it could very well be that that's the case. Um, you know, there's any number of different ways that, that our guilt can, can serve as a motivator to do better, whereas shame always drives us further into shame. Mm. You know, shame wants to grow, uh, and guilt calls us to, to be better. Um, and so uh, it, is, it is a fine line. It's incredibly difficult to walk. Um, and I think the most important thing that we can do um, is to own it, to share it, to speak it, <laughs> right? To speak it. I think sometimes God lets us get caught, get caught because it's the only thing that's going to break the cycle. True. Because if we won't tell someone else, fine, then he's going to let them experience it and see it. And it's the very person that you may need to get you the help that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I think that happens. Let me, I want to change the for for our last little bit here, I want to change it from not necessarily how do we wrestle with shame, um, because I think we've done that right. Go outside of yourself, pray, mm-hmm. speak to God, right? Mm-hmm. Share that with that with God and be on that journey. But if you're a friend and someone comes to you with their guilt and their shame, 
Um, mm. How do you respond? Um, I had something really um, unexpected happen when I was younger back in Brazil. Um, I had a friend in school who I wasn't super close with. Um, I was uh, class president, so I did have a relationship with a lot of the kids in my class. But I didn't necessarily have deep conversations with them all the time or anything like that. But they did feel um, like they were able to come and talk to me. So I had this one girlfriend come to me on on this social media website that we had at the time. It doesn't exist anymore. But um, she said that she was suffering abuse mm. from someone, from a relative in her family. And I had absolutely no idea how to approach that. I was, what, maybe 13, 14? Um, I, I told my mom about it, and I didn't want to expose my friend, but at the same time, um, there wasn't anything I could do for her yeah. to fix her shame and her guilt for something that it wasn't even her own doing with someone else's um, without her, without encouraging her to step out and talk to someone about it. Yeah. So um, I, I expressed to her my desire to help her and to be there for her if she needed to talk to me, but I um, also made clear that she needed to make the choice when she was ready to speak about it, to mm. talk to someone yeah. who would be able to help her, like her family. Um, this was one of the parts that hurt me the most because she did say that she talked about it with her mom and she kind of didn't really do anything about mm. it. So mm. um, I think that as that friend, it's very important to be there for that person, to make that very clear that you are there anytime. Call me 3 a.m. in the <laughs> yeah. morning. I'll, I'll talk to you even if I don't exactly know what you're saying because I'm so sleepy. Um, and to give that person direction, whatever solution that you think is best, pray about it so that you don't misguide them. But the third thing is, might be the hardest part, is that you also have to accept that you, you're you not going to be that person's salvation. Mm. As much as mm. you can do for them, it ultimately is going to be their choice, how they're going to deal with the situation. So although we have to do everything we can, we also have to understand that we can only do so much. Yeah, I think that that actually, that last part, wow. Yeah, that's First right. of all, thank you for sharing that. Um, and uh, I... That last part is incredibly powerful because I think sometimes in trying to help our friends, we take their shame onto ourselves. Yeah. And Jesus is the only one who, who bears someone else's shame. Hmm. And so we bear their shame. And then because we weren't able to help them, right, uh, we feel we then feel shame and we feel terrible. Uh, I actually see this with friendships and, or not friendships, relationships. I've seen it in friendships too, uh, where one person is suicidal and I've watched, I've, I've actually watched this happen where someone has, has, you know, uh, died to suicide and, uh, their significant other blames themselves. Ooh, yeah. Uh, because they think, uh, how did I miss it? Or what did I do wrong? Or, um, and, and so we take someone else's shame and we think that we're responsible somehow for it. And that's not true. You can only do so much and understanding your own limitations is incredibly, incredibly important. So thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Chris, uh, any, any thoughts here? 
I don't know if I can get much better than that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I that was incredible. That yeah. really was. It's not a coffee uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, if it was, you'd be winning. So um, I, I, I think uh, I would add to this uh, that it's, it is important to love them and to communicate that they are loved. Oh, absolutely. Uh, communicate, hey, I love you. I want you to know. One of the things that I used to do, I, I sometimes still do it when I, when I kind of feel convicted to, is to uh, not just say, hey, I'm here for you if you need to talk. Uh, but actually to list out specific things because everyone thinks that their shame is the exception, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks that, that, you know, my shame is the one thing that you wouldn't accept. So if I can somehow just cast this wide net, you know, so I'll say, if you need to talk to me about alcohol, abuse, uh, smoking, pornography, whatever it is, I am here for you, right? If I can list off things and somehow get their, you know, catch what, what they're dealing with, then I say to them outright, Yes, it is safe for you to talk to me about that, and it won't be the exception. And so um, I try to eliminate any possibility for that. And I, and I don't do an accusatory and say, like, I think you're doing these things. I just want you to know that if, those, if any of those things are something you're struggling with, you can talk to me. Um, and so, yeah, I think, that, um, I, I think that's another thing that can be done. And uh, so any final thoughts kind of before we close out here? Perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, we did it. Um, <laughs> To our listener, uh, we want to say this. If you are experiencing shame and you are experiencing guilt, uh, please reach out to someone, uh, someone you trust, whether it's someone older, someone uh, who's walking alongside you, um, you know, reach out to someone, pray about it. If you are in a place uh, where you're thinking about harming yourself or harming someone else, I am going to um, especially ask that you reach out for help. There is the National Suicide Hotline, and we'll put that link in the show notes for you. Uh, but talk to a parent, talk to a friend, uh, talk to a pastor, a teacher, whoever it is that's been someone close to you, uh, reach out and ask for help. Um, you know, we want you to know that you are loved, that you are valuable because God created you. And for no mm-hmm. other reason other than you are you. And I love that when uh, the best way to be like God, right? If we are created in God's image, the best way to be like God is to be fully you. Um, and, and so, uh, we want you to know that you are loved, you are valued, and we hope this conversation has been helpful to you. Uh, we hope it's been encouraging to you, Isa and Chris, thank you for sharing your experiences as well, your insights here. Um, and, and thank you to Southern Adventist University for hosting us. If you want to engage with, uh, any other Project Refresh, uh, content, whether it's some of our blogs or other uh, video content as well, you can head over to theprojectrefresh.org. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them, and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment.